You're listening to the IVP Heat Seekers Podcast, part of the rotoheat.com family of podcasts. Welcome back, everybody. It is episode three of the Heat Seekers IDP fantasy football stream and podcast. I am your tour guide into the mouth of madness. I am Brad Menendez, and with me, as usual, our resident double tapper, Paul Veldboom, and Craig, it's not Royth, it's Wreath. How are you gentlemen doing? Paul, how are you, brother? This weekend was absolutely phenomenal. I, I, I saw lots up, of videos and pictures. Yeah, I got to hit up a live sporting event with uh, fans, um, eat a bunch of glorious Wisconsin curds, drink some Wisconsin beer, eat some sausage, and hang out and just watch sports. It was it was excellent. <laughs> It was very excellent. It's something that feels so foreign, but I do yes. miss being at live sporting events, that's for sure. Yes. Craig, how we doing, brother? Good. I had the day off, and I got a lot of yard work done. Took the kids outside to run around to get tired. Had a nice, relaxing day for once on a Monday, so it was a great day. Yeah, yeah. That was the weekend. We, in a matter of a weekend, we allowed our oldest to paint and put up a fan in her room. We repainted like a bunch of the trim in the house. We took the shutters down and repainted them. Then today we had dentist appointments. I was like, dude, I'm over this. Like I'm ready for a nap. And, and then we're going camping this weekend. So I got to start packing and prepping for that. So it, the fun never ends, I guess. But, uh, you know. Such is life. I'm glad that we're able to do things. Uh, I got some messages from some of my buddies up in Michigan that that they have now, they sent out like this mask message that everybody must wear masks at all times everywhere. So uh, it, I, it could be much worse where I'm at in Indiana. That's for sure. Um, all right. So tonight we are talking. Yeah, they, uh, for that in, same sort of thing in near where Paul and I are. They did the same thing. It isn't signed in by the mayor, but the Milwaukee Common Council did the same thing. So maybe seeing more of that around the area. Yeah, well, and, and down this, you know, I'm in Fort Wayne, but in Indianapolis, I know that there's something very similar. But, you know, the things are going a little different. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, tonight, I do see that my graphics is overrated IDP players. I apologize for anybody who watches on the stream. If you listen on the podcast, it doesn't matter to you what it says. We're going to be talking about players who are actually going to overperform uh, based on rotoheat.com rankings. So shameless plug, rotoheat.com, you can see mine and Paul's and Craig's IDP rankings. You can see our rookie IDP rankings as well as our overall big board of about our top 150. Uh, I know they're going to be updated this weekend. I know we update them you know, pretty regularly. Uh, we update them as needed. So go over there, check them out. I know I was on there the other day, and you know we've got almost 7,200 page views since we put them up like three months ago. So I appreciate everybody who's been been coming to RotoHeat and, and checking it out. Uh, much love to you guys. Uh, with that being said, we're just going to jump into it. So if you got questions, uh, pump them in the chats over on YouTube or Facebook or wherever you're watching. And if you're listening to this in podcast form, join us Monday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You can get your questions answered live on the air. Uh, that being said, we are going to start with Craig. Who is your first player that you anticipate being performing better than what our rankings have him at? 
So I had a couple guys that I really liked here. So I'm going to throw out two, if you don't mind. Uh, they're both linebackers. The first one is uh, Shaq Thompson. We have him, and, you know, things change. Obviously, we have him rated differently across the board for all of us. But uh, the aggregate between us is 45 for linebacker, and I'm guessing he's going to be significantly higher than that. We've discussed in other streams. There really isn't a whole lot of other competition right now for that linebacker group. The biggest competition for tackles maybe someone else that we're talking about later on tonight, and I won't uh, spoil that person. But the other one um, that if I had pick one that I'll go with um, is someone that we don't have rated, Nick. Uh, Nick Kwiatkowski over with the Raiders. Um, that's sort of uh, oversight on our part when we're throwing together these IDP rankings for the first time this year, really, with a larger group of people. Um, clearly, he'll be much higher. He'll be actually be listed in the rankings when these are updated. But uh, him and, you know, next to Littleton, even though Littleton, I think, will be the guy. I think if you start Kwiatkowski you know, as your third linebacker when you need one, I think you're going to be happy. So those are the two that I would uh, throw out there to start here. Paul, what do you think about those guys? Um, I have Shaq at 26 overall. So that by default says yes. Um, as far as Kwiatkowski, um, yes, as a general statement, I think that Abram being healthy is going to take some of those maybe more than what they had before. I think it was what um, Harris and he was just, eh. um, but I think Abram takes enough of those. Uh, not that he can't be an LB three or LB four, um, but you have to be a contender for him really. Cause he doesn't have a lot of name value. Um, but yes, I can get behind those names. So the question I want to throw back to you guys is, is so both of those guys are in positions where there could be potential for really high value this year and maybe next year. But do you guys see those being long-term assets? Because you mentioned to me two guys that, don't have a ton of competition for all those tackles unless you're looking at the secondary behind them. You know, uh, in Carolina, they've got another rookie that they drafted, you know, and, and in L.A., they've got young guys that they drafted recently as well. You know, how do you feel about that type of conversation? Are these long-term pieces for you, Craig? I think they could be. I mean, Paul alluded to it. You know, Kwiatkowski is more of a depth piece. But, you know, we're talking about someone who's 27, 28. It's not like he's 30 or something where you're only going to get a couple years out of him. And the other thing is, you know, he's shown, you know, I don't recall last year if uh, Roquan missed a whole bunch of time, but I don't think he did. But he was next three to games. a guy. How many games? Two or three. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, he was next to a guy that a lot of people would have in their probably top 10 dynasty linebackers for young guys and he was still a top 30 linebacker using our you know the scoring that we talk about so when you're looking at a situation like that he's a guy that's produced next to another young stud linebacker and he's a guy that isn't overly old so i think he's been in this situation before and the guy just makes plays and gets tackles 
Shaq, I think, is a better long-term piece in that, you know, we talked about there isn't a whole lot of competition, and I don't personally see them throwing a whole lot more money at that position. You know, this last draft, Carolina threw their entire draft class, all seven picks at their defense. I don't see them doing that again, even though they're going to be melding that defense into more of that new coaching staff wants. So, you know, depends on how you're talking about long-term. Are either one of them going to be on your team for 10 years? No, but could I see him on your team for the next five years as an LB3 or starting, you know, depending on your situation and what you want to invest? Sure. Okay. I, ha- I have more faith in Shaq just because he has the first-round athlete in, in him. Um, I can't say that about Kwiatkowski, but IDP is more of a short-term turnover anyways. So... If if someone's offering you quit Kowski for like an early fourth, okay, I I can get behind that. Well, and and you know, in in most IDP leagues, you could probably turn the roster and find linebackers that are going to be playable at the yeah. level of of Kwiatkowski. But Kwiatkowski, I think, has really nice value this year and probably next year, depending on. So with him, I love his work ethic. Guy's a hard worker, and and it showed because he moved up Chicago's depth chart with all those good linebackers they had. Uh, you know, the the athletic profile is where he kind of, if they get somebody that's more athletic, and uh, you know, like a Tahir Whitehead that's more rangy and better with the ball instead of just being a tackle machine, that could be a problem. But you know, I, I'm not arguing. I think both guys are really nice plays. I think Shaq Thompson, you know, we'll know really quickly in Matt Rule's defense uh, if he is going to live up to what we think he's going to be. Uh, and if he doesn't, there's a place for him in almost any other team just because of how how much range he has. I mean, the dude's sideline to sideline. So I like them both. Paul, who's, uh, who's your first guy, guys, multiple people, whatever you got? Um, I'll give two also, and I will give the – NFC version of Kwiatkowski first. I'll say uh, Trevathan as my first guy. Just he's he's always been solid when he's been on the field. And they don't have a lot beside him. They play Jackson as a complete middle of the field. So he kind of stays in the uh, – or, or they play him in center field so that they can play Smith and um, uh, Trevathan – up the middle. Um, and the other one is he's more of a sleeper, but we forget that this guy has elite upside and that's Darnell Savage. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, whenever you, you have a pretty elite pass rush, uh, you're going to have some passes uh, thrown quickly. Who's, who's, one that's going to be jumping those and can you can have a pick six out of him and you might see three of them a season and it doesn't seem like much uh, but when you're getting 10 out of your safety or 12 or something uh, you're going to be significantly ahead of the field and it might only happen in in you know once but he's going to have some, and he's going to have a lot of explosive options. He has the first round tape. He, he's uh, shown it on the field. 
and they don't have much beside uh, Kirksey. So he might be playing in the center a lot, and he's going to see the football in that on that general area of the field a lot. Well, and Kirksey's can barely stay healthy, so he might be their only tackler in the middle. Yep. Yep. What about you, Craig? What do you think about those guys? Um, Savage, I mean, he has the pedigree, and like Paul said, he's the sort of guy that can get you what you're looking for in that secondary. I sort of see him more as a, a big play guy. Kirksey, I'm probably higher on than you guys. Um, of course, he has to stay healthy, but he's the guy sort of like what they had there before where he's just going to eat tackles if he is healthy. So I'm not necessarily expecting a ton of tackles out of him, but we're going to have to see how they play with their new defensive toys there in Green Bay. Yeah. And uh, what was the first guy he Trevi- said again? Trevi- Danny Trevathan. Yeah, Trevathan is another one of those guys like he alluded to that's just regularly underrated sort of because – he isn't just that sexy name, sort of like Kwiatkowski that we had mentioned. He is sort of one of those lunch pail guys that's just going to go out there, get you the tackles, and just be reliable for you. So I agree with that one, too, especially when you're looking at a linebacking core that, again, has Roquan Smith, Khalil Mack, larger names that you think at that position. So I agree with that one, too. Yeah, it's tough for me to agree with the Darnell Savage because I already have him at like 45 in my rankings. Like, I love Darnell Savage. I loved him as a rookie. Um, I think he's going to continue to get better just because of the talent. I mean, the the player, uh, the talent of that individual is just far outweighs most of what's on that defense around him. Like, Darnell Savage is, is he's a smart tackler. He's a sure tackler. You don't see him uh, lose a lot of guys. He can cover. Uh, he seems fairly instinctive, you know, uh, coming out of college, I thought it'd take him a little time to develop. Uh, he got thrust in and was forced to do some things last year, but I, I was impressed. So, uh, Savage, I, I would agree with you, but I would also agree that I already have him high. I think I'm a, I'm a bigger fan than a lot of people are of him. Uh, Trevathan, you know, he, the, the unfortunate thing with Trevathan is he's going to probably still be good for 2020. Uh, but then after that, who knows, you know, at his age and I'd have to pull up over the cap and see, I think the Bears are in a rough cap spot. He could be one of those guys you see as a cap casualty, or or you know just moves on because of where he's at in his career, um, you know. But but he's still a really good IDP asset, especially for this year. And you can get him for cheap. I think you know he's probably on the waiver wire depending on your league size. Um, I know I have a smaller, a little bit more shallower league that just starts. I think one at each position, and then like two flexes, and I think. Trevathan, when I checked, was still on the waiver wire, but you know you could that, easily flex him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to throw a name out there just to get kind of your guys' opinions. Um, I have him at like 59 in my rankings, um, and he's kind of overshadowed just because Darius Leonard's there. But Bobby O'Kierke in Indianapolis, uh, he's a young guy. Uh, I believe he was from Stanford. You know, a real smart guy has a pretty good athletic profile. I needed to see him get a little bit better at the tackling side of things. Sometimes you'd see him not really wrap up completely, but I like everything about him, and I think he can develop nicely. Um, would you guys consider him somebody that might be a little underrated and maybe somebody that could be uh, big in 2020 and beyond? Uh, Craig, I'll start with you. I think he could be, but if I'm looking at that defensive 
starting lineup right now, you know, he is, they're thinking probably the third guy in that linebacking core, but like I just said, he's the third guy. I think Anthony Walker is the second guy. And long-term, I think he definitely could outdo that. They definitely did invest in him. You know, he was a third-round pick. He isn't some sort of throwaway. And like you said, he's a smart guy. He's athletic. I just haven't seen enough out of him to throw him up there. But if you're looking for sort of a lottery ticket to take a chance at, sure. I mean, they have to have someone besides Leonard, and they are building a very nice defensive line. So, and to be honest with a very unproven secondary behind them even. So, yeah, I mean, if you're taking a shot at someone, I have no problem with that. I just haven't seen enough to put them higher up on my list. What say you, Paul? Um, I'm concerned that he doesn't see the field in the middle overly often because I do believe Walker sees it over him. I'm also concerned if he doesn't see it, that he won't be on the edge either. I I don't think I could stick him in my top 150, to be honest. Um, if, he, if he has the right injury, yeah, there's a lot of tackles that he can have because they do have a solid defensive uh, front. But I, I just think he needs an injury. And whatever you're hoping... F- Ah, for that, you start looking at the names that are really deep, and I don't want to say we shouldn't discuss them, but I don't want to sit here on the offensive side and be like, well, if there are three injuries at the at the wide receiver position, then my guy's out there. Ugh, I hate that discussion. So I am <laughs> I am not a fan of him. Okay. Uh, one other guy I'll throw out there because he's very much in the Kwiatkowski mold, uh, Josie Jewell in Denver. Um, I don't know if I feel that he's going to outperform ADP, but I think that the way that defense is built, you know, he's in the middle. He should get a lot of stuff funneled his way, so he could be big in the tackles. Uh, Craig, what do you think about a linebacker like Josie Jewell? I think he is an uphill battle. You know, they have... Four guys there if you're counting the two edge guys with Miller and Chubb. And then they have Davis that we uh, touched on last week. And for the life of me, the other guy. What's his name there that I forgot to? Johnson. Johnson. AJ Johnson. Johnson. He's the younger guy of the group, and I think he has more potential than Jewel. I kind of feel like they tried to give Jewel a test run. I don't think it was... It might have been the start of last year, but I think it was the year before that, and he just didn't show a whole lot. The one thing that I would say is he has a chance if they don't feel that Davis and Johnson have what it takes in coverage. He has a better profile to be a guy in coverage, so he might end up being that guy that plays more on those passing downs if he can show it, but as a backup right now, he's more of a dart throw for me than someone that's you're probably going to be playing and has a better chance to outperform where we have him. What about you, Paul? Um, almost the same that I said about Oak Creaky. I don't know if he sees the field. I honestly think that once Johnson got cleared of his legal issues, I, I think he, he should be seeing the field. 
Um, I think that Davis is is going to see the field just because he's at least functional at what he does. I I didn't see someone that was overly fast when I was watching Iowa a couple years ago, and then he uh, went out and he ran a four eight uh, three. Just he's not very fast. He'll get you what he gets you. But it's not like he shows extremely fluid hips to where I'm going to say, all right, I want you out there on third and eight. Well, he's he's not out there on first and ten, and he's not out there on third and eight. I, I, I'm just not interested in, in him. I could see if they, if they had an injury that they went out and traded for someone versus actually wanting him on the field for significant snaps. Okay. Craig, back to you. What? Uh, who's your next guy? So uh, I guess I started us all off going with uh, two. So I'll throw you another another two for here. Um, I'll switch up positions even. Um, first one is Eric Armstead. And as far as him, we have him a lot farther down on our rankings here. I think he's the 45th. In the range of the 45th ranked, uh, and we don't even actually have him ranked, which is why he's there, um, defensive end. And he's another guy that's young. He's on the good defensive line where he's not going to be getting a whole lot of attention just necessarily by himself. I know they have linebackers there to sort of clean up behind them. So, he, you know, in that sense, he won't have as many opportunities. But with Bosa on the other side, he's going to be getting a lot of the attention. And he was a top 25 guy last year at the defensive end position. So I think he's probably someone that um, I need to take another look at again myself. And then the other one, um, going back to linebacker, T.J. Watt. We have him around the 42nd rated linebacker, I think, on our list. Um, If you're in the edge position, he skyrockets up that list. But even just with a plain old linebacker, he's probably going to be a linebacker too at worst if he's healthy and being young with the production that he's thrown out on the field. He's another one that I would put out there that based on our rankings, um, if you're getting him around that, he's going to outperform it. What about you, Paul? What do you think about those guys? Um, Armstead, I think he probably misses Buckner. Um, but I can see, but he always had the athlete profile of, Hey, we got to sit on this for the first year and a half before we know what we have and he was nothing for the first two and a half years and then he started showing it um he does have the natural athlete in him i remember when oregon had him as an offensive tackle that's how long i've been watching him for um but he did have 10 sacks, and I can see where he sees a higher snap count despite them not having as high as maybe high-quality snaps because Barkner's uh, soaked up a lot of it. Um, I don't know if I see the pure ceiling out of him, but, but I think he's got a solid floor. Um, and I'm sorry, who is the other one you you mentioned? You, another uh, good old badger for you, T.J. Watt. Oh, yeah. 
Um, I think we got jaded in the fact of, well, he's not playing in the middle. Um, and because we don't have these necessarily for edge as a position, um, he's a pretty solid LB2. I mean, I think he finished, like, what, like, LB3 overall last year. Yeah. But I, I don't think he gets that high. I I think you saw the ceiling, and I don't know if you're going to see that ever happen, just because they have so much other talent there. But, yes, I, I think that's an obvious, hey, we screwed up, we missed him, versus anything else. And, I mean, oh. in, in regards to Armstead, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be repeating what he did last year. But when we're talking about sort of guys that we have that are undervalued, if we have them ranked 45th overall for that position on our rankings combined, and he was 15 last year, I think that's the sort of spot. And like you said, he's not a sexy name that's had just amazing production if you just look at it week by week. But when you're looking at a position where you're sort of wanting that consistency, um, I think we undervalued him. So, well, and you know, I could easily make the case that Armstead is comparable to last year's numbers if Kinlaw develops quickly. You know, Kinlaw is just as athletic as Buckner. Um, the the issue that you'll see on game day is teams are going to double or or maybe slide some of the attention to Armstead until Kinlaw proves that he's got it. You know, and that so that's really on him to, to develop quickly and. We obviously are never going to be able to tell how quickly he's going to develop. So I can easily make the case that Armstead produces where he was at last year, where he gets close to double-digit sacks, because that's really what bumped up his his numbers fantasy-wise is the fact that he hadn't had 10 sacks in a season yet in his career. And last year, you know, he had like 50, 60 combined tackles, and he had 10 sacks. And, yeah, I mean, he's he did quite a bit more last year, even though he had been healthy for two seasons. But – we also have to factor in the fact that Armstead was hurt for two years prior to that. I mean, the guy's been in the league for like four or five years, and he was hurt two out of the three years at the beginning, and then he's just finally been healthy for two full years and played 16 games. So I think Armstead is a, is a solid choice uh, just because that defense as a whole. I mean, they can scheme it in such a way that you don't know where the, where the pressure is going to come from. Uh, I don't know, even with Kinlaw being the young guy on that defense, I mean, the linebacking group is good. The secondary is is more than capable, you know. So it's I think they all help each other out, and I think Armstead could still produce. Um, and and I'm sure our rankings will change if he does it for another year. You know, like Craig said numerous times, I got to see it more than one time, more than one season of production before I start to really jump on a bandwagon. And Craig said that countless times of guys that we've talked about. So I remember that one. That's a, that's a Craigism that I'm going to stuff in there that I'm using for Armstead. Unless like he's him. a rookie for you two. Then I'll just throw him at the top. Done. <laughs> Number one overall, baby. <laughs> Will again. Woo! There you go. So I like Armstead. Good choice. He's, a, he's, a, he's definitely, based on what we think, I think he's uh, undervalued. What say you, Paul? All right. So I get to pick two here, right? One, two, I mean, as many as you can remember, because we'll forget. Yeah, I'm sorry, two. who did you jokingly say should be first overall here, here Brad? <laughs> Willie Gay. Woo! So you, uh, uh, so you know the name that I'm going to select, right? 
<laughs> Brad Psychic. I'm going to pick Anthony Hitchens, and I'm going to also select a guy that is, I'll put it like this, he's uh, sleeping so hard that the outlook is uh, pretty grim for this guy. I'm going to go uh, take Crowder as, as, as my other one. On Anthony Hitchens, they have to play two guys up the middle. I'm concerned that Gay is more athlete than player. I'm concerned that his his eyes are too slow for the NFL. Um, and if he ultimately ends up not hitting, you could end up looking at two, three, four seasons of, of Anthony Hitchens where he's just quietly consistent. And he is maybe not... F- uh, 399 but he's just this side of uh, 399 um as far as crowder's concerned i think he's like i said this is deep water um i'm i'm not sure that connelly is going to be healthy i'm not sure that martinez um is necessarily good. I thought he got snubbed from the combine. And like I said, as a complete deep league free play, he could see lots of snaps for a team that goes five and 11. And he might see him up the middle of the field and the upside here for the price, like I said, he is sleeping for everyone, but but you have lots of upside. Well, if I'm, it just, hits. I'm just looking at my notes on Crowder. Uh, shameless plug for Roto Heat. We do a lot of rookie content, and this last year, I, I included some IDP guys when I was studying. Crowder is one that I looked at because. For some reason, I just have a knack for liking Georgia linebackers, even though they don't always hit. Um, my concerns with with him were uh, he doesn't take the best angles, and he's very tight in his hips, so that kind of hinders his quickness. Um, other than that, I seem to like him. Uh, but thinking about the Giants' defense, somebody's got to do it. I mean, like that's that's kind of the story of the Giants. Like, who's gonna tackle somebody? I mean. You know, their defensive secondary is awesome. Jabril Peppers, everybody needs to bump him into their top, you know, five safeties because he's just so good. Uh, Xavier McKinney is more than capable of filling the role across from Jabril Peppers. But outside of those guys, they don't really have a stud at linebacker or, you know, in a position that's going to tackle past the defensive line. So I can't argue it. Um I know he's going to be on everybody's waiver wire. Nobody's picking him up. So if you've got room to stash him, there's your there's your bell boom special. Craig, what do you think? I mean, I if you're looking at how they've built that linebacking core in New York, I'm higher than on Martinez than Paul is. But I think if there's going to be a second guy there, it's probably going to be Connolly or Mayo. 
I mean, they went out and specifically sought Mayo, and they gave him a nice contract. I mean, a real nice contract compared to what he'd been making before. Um, so, Crowder-wise, I'm, I guess Crowder. I'm, I'm not seeing it as much. Well, Crowder's got to work harder than those guys is basically what you're saying. He's going to have to earn it. Yeah, and I mean, some of the things that, you know, you're seeing with a lot of these guys that we've mentioned so far, a lot of these guys are what they call lunch pail guys, guys that go out there and earn it. I mean, say what you want about him, and we're not going too deep on the offensive side, but a guy like Hunter Renfro, where he doesn't have the skill set of, you know, a top guy, and that's why he fell in the draft. But you put him out there and you say, hey, we need this from you. He's going to go out there and work his butt off to make it happen because he wasn't given everything, you know, he wasn't granted those innate skills that everyone else is. You see that same thing on the defensive side with some of these guys. A lot of these guys that you're going to find value in aren't those big, sexy names. It's the guys that say, hey, I have to go out here, I have to earn it, and they do it. And sometimes that's where you're going to find that value, whether it's you know because someone gets hurt or they just work their way up the depth chart. Thoughts on Hitchens? I'm torn on Hitchens as a Cowboys fan. He, he really, I mean, he doesn't do anything wrong. He produces for you. It's just you're probably going to be safer having him as your LB3. If, you, if you're having to play him every week, I'm not going to be happy about it. You know, I'll, I'll put it that way. But he's going to be there this year. He's going to be there next year in all likelihood with that contract because they're probably not going to eat, eat some million. Um it, it really depends on what they're going to be doing, especially with the defensive front. You know, they got Clark there that they had added, but Jones, who knows what's going on. And if Jones isn't there to eat up a lot of that in the middle, that's going to affect those linebackers, especially those guys that, you know, say what you want about Willie Gay, but he's got the speed and the ability to get around guys where Hitchens, he's been in the league longer. He may be smarter, but I don't know that athletically he has what it takes as opposed to Gay to be getting around uh, some of those offensive linemen. Well, and the, and the tough thing for Hitchens, like, he produces pretty well, but he's kind of a better at assists than actual Ted Solos. Like, if you look at the last few years, you know, it's almost like a nearly 50-50 split of when it comes to his solos and his assists. So, depending on how your league scores, it could vary as to how valuable Hitchens could be. Um, I think he's one of those guys that, you know, he's definitely a, a – he'll probably – perform better than what we have him valued at because I know that at least a couple of us don't have him valued very highly. So based on this, the conversation tonight, I think Paul is fine saying, Hey, he's probably going to outperform where we have him. Uh, I just long-term, I mean, he, you know, he's never been a sexy name, so nobody's really ever been high on the Hitchens train. And for those Cowboys fans that have been burned by him time and time again, because they expected more, um, I am the reverse burn. He, Cheated the Lions out of a playoff victory many, many years ago when Brandon Pettigrew clearly got pass interference, but Hitchens somehow paid the ref off while we weren't looking and uh, got out of that. But I'll leave that alone because that's distant distant memories for a team that hasn't won more than, you know, three games in the last two years or whatever. Or six I, I'll, I'll say this about Hitchens, and I know he missed a couple games last year. Two years ago, he had his career year, that first year when he went to KC from Dallas. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I had had him that year, and I was a contending team, and I was really happy, and then I dumped him, you know, the next year because that's what I just tend to do in that league. But this past year was much more in line with his average, and he was around linebacker 
65 or so. So, I mean, I don't necessarily know that we're that far off. We probably should be having more linebackers if you're looking at just our pure ratings across the board of, okay, all defensive players, if we're not talking about positions, yeah, he should be higher up. But when you're taking positions into account, like, you know, hey, defensive tackles, if you're in a league that needs more defensive tackles, you know, these are guys you're going to have to look at because most leagues you're not starting a whole lot of them. So in the in the realm of linebackers, yeah, he probably deserves to be ranked, but he's also not a world beater historically. And I don't think that 130, 140 tackle year is what you should be expecting out of him. That 70 to 80, maybe pushing 90 tackles is probably more the norm. And like you said, a lot of assists. Well, and, you know, so if you look at, at kind of the, the linebacker specifically rankings based on Roto Heat IDP scoring, you know, he fell – Pretty far. I mean, Gerard Davis, KJ Wright, uh, even Todd Davis and Kwiatkowski are ahead of him from in last year's rankings, um, or in last year's overall scoring for linebackers. So it, I think, I think he's definitely a value play as a, as a flex option if you're if your roster's deep enough, or a guy that you you know you keep on speed dial on waivers if you need a bye week type fill in. Uh, you know, so he fits the bill, but you know. He's not super exciting, and uh, yeah, there's there's that there's that. So uh, another name I want to throw out for you guys to think about is somebody we have overall we have him at a consensus of 113, and that's Justin Simmons, safety from Denver. Um, that defense, if everybody's healthy and continues to come back, Simmons continues to get better, and the way Fangio deploys those safeties. Simmons could be a guy that well outperforms safety 32 type value. Uh, what do you think, Paul, about a guy like Justin Simmons? He single-handedly cost me a ship two years ago, and I haven't uh, forgiven him since. I picked him up in an RSO league for 500000 after the draft, and he was like safety to 10 on the season. I don't remember where he finished last year, but obviously that's a pretty solid find uh, for you to say he was one. I don't remember what you said, 130 or something. One, 113 is what we have yeah. on that. Yeah. That just feels too low. He's not old. He's good. He's consistent except for the one week I needed him to win me a ship. Score me five. That's all I needed out of you. Five. And you goose-egged it versus Oakland. You couldn't do anything? Come. You cost me a ship, son. <laughs> um, other than my personal bias about him, no, that's a, uh, that's a really solid find as far as uh, looking over and and see who uh, we missed. What say you, Mr. Craig? I agree. I mean, I think he's around the 32nd rated uh, safety as far as the list goes, and he was a top 20 safety last year in the scoring. And if you look at that secondary, um, I know we haven't talked about him a whole lot, but that secondary had a bit of an overhaul where they have uh, Bryce Callahan and Bouye, from Jacksonville as their corners, which is a very different makeup than they've had. And, uh, you know, Kareem Jackson is still there, but it's really the safeties that are going to be holding it down in that secondary. Mm -hmm. So 
if that defense, excuse me, if that offense takes a step forward, like people are thinking, with all those weapons that they have, and some people anyway thinking uh, Drew Locke is going to take a step forward and lead that offense to be more prolific, they certainly could use it to keep up with the Chiefs in that division and other teams out in that conference. You know, they'd be throwing more. So I definitely agree he belongs higher in the rankings. Okay. Uh, well, and, and the tough the thing for us that I've noticed as I rank, uh, you know, we favor some of the younger, possibly sexier names. You know, when you look at Simmons in the rankings, there's guys like uh, Earl Thomas, Nasir Adderley, Jonathan Abram. Two of those three guys are, you know, first, second-year guys. Uh, one, obviously, Earl Thomas is a seasoned vet. You know, so some of the guys directly had uh, Terrell Edmonds, Darnell Savage. You know, I mean, it's hard to put a, a guy who isn't, you know, got the the pedigree or the exciting, you know, name to him like Justin Simmons. So, you know, that's the tough thing I noticed when I was looking through the rankings, preparing for the show. I'm like, okay, I kind of get a feel for how we do, you know, because these are dynasty rankings. So long-term, we think these guys are better plays. But Simmons has only been in the league like four or five years. So he could still be valuable for another, you know, three to four or five years, uh, depending on how this defense plays out. And and the team looks to be on the rise. So he should be in a good position there. All right. So as we get closer to wrapping it up, Craig, how do you have more undervalued guys that you want to talk about? Um, I'm going to throw a, just a quick plug out on the site that we've done before. I think long-term, you know, we have Zach Bond as, I think, our number 70 overall linebacker, which you're thinking, wow, that seems pretty high for a rookie. But I think, and I have an article up about him on the site, I think he went into a really good situation for long-term value. Whether he stays on the outside or moves into the inside remains to be seen, depending on how he fills out in the NFL. But he proved at Wisconsin. I mean, that guy knows how to get to the passer. And he can also, you know, just find the ball. So... They have a nice defensive line there. What they do with him long-term, whether it's inside or outside, I think will depend or determine his value rather a lot going forward. But I like him as a young piece. And then someone else that I don't think that we had ranked that I like, um, he did really well for the Ravens last year, and he was a later-round pick for him a couple years ago, Chuck Clark. He came in there once Jefferson got hurt, and he took over that secondary as the leader. I know that Harbaugh just loves the guy, and they are using him. And, you know, he's one of those guys that, okay, so they drafted Queen. They drafted Harrison. We know they got Judon out there. But that's a team that it's just going to be a bad idea to go over the middle on. Now, okay, it's not the worst idea in the world. You know, it's not like you're hitchhiking in Santa Clara in the 1970s or something like that. But he's a guy. <laughs> it's all right there, Brad. Just take my word for it. But he's a guy that showed he that was, knows how to get to the ball and just lay someone out. He's he's an old-school safety, sort of like Earl Thomas there. He's a guy that knows what he's doing, and he knows how to be the leader in that secondary. So we don't have him ranked, and he was, you know, like a top 30 safety force, and that wasn't even starting the whole season. So I think he's a guy, if you're looking at underrated safeties that are also young, there's a guy to take a look at. Thank you, Paul. I mean, Craig. Paul, what do you think about those guys? Um, Bond, I had listed on my sheet. I'm concerned that he he can only play edge. I'm con- he 
he certainly has the skill set. I don't know if, if he can figure it out mentally to play in the middle. I don't know if he'll figure it out from a technique. But the ceiling's there. I thought he was a late first, but that was for actual NFL, not for fantasy. Um, well, the nice thing for wow. me, he's he's got Demario Davis, so he's got somebody to help him on the mental side. So if you think he's got, you know, if he's got a teacher, do you think he's got the skill set to develop into somebody long term that could be good? Um, yes, he does have the skill set. Davis is on the wrong side of uh, 30. He can certainly hit it. Um, uh, for free 99, I'll take a shot on him. And I'm sorry, who was the other guy that you had mentioned? One more thing just on Bond. I mean, the other thing is all four linebackers ahead of him, if you're thinking of it, uh, or there's at least three of them, no, there's four. It's Craig Robertson, who, okay, Alex Anzalone, who Paul could probably go in a whole 10-minute tirade if we really wanted to let him, and then Demario Davis and Kiko Alonso. I think it's next year. They're all free agents. So, I mean, they took him at Bond. I think it was in the third round. They invested in him with a decent pick. They're going to want him there, and they're hoping that he's going to be there. And, yeah, they're probably going to have a couple veterans, but – if you're looking at a whole new linebacking court, there's going to be opportunity for him. So, and yeah, the other one was Chuck Clark. Yeah, um, he played fine last year. I think he plays over Jefferson. Jefferson, for whatever odd reason, always has one season where he's good, and one season where he looks like the slowest safety in in the league, and he's also just not thinking. I don't know how. I don't know how he. It goes from being like safety five to safety 865. Like it, like there's not 865 safeties in the league, but he somehow finds himself ranked that low. I have no idea how that happens, but no, I can get behind him. I don't think, I mean, Thomas is, is going to be center field only. So he's going to be down below only. They don't, I don't think that queen is as, good as what everyone else thinks he might have a lot of tackles over the middle that are just open uh, for him and I can certainly get behind that um, that thought process what do you think about him Brad well uh, Chuck Clark I think you know I think is is a really solid choice and, and the way that Baltimore's built that roster I could see Clark being there for the foreseeable future um, you know, they're going to have to start paying guys like Lamar Jackson. And, and Clark is one of those guys that I can't imagine being able to demand kind of a big money deal. Um, so the way that they built that secondary with Peters and, you know, and, and, and uh, Thomas and some of these bigger contracts, I think a guy like Chuck Clark fits perfectly, which means uh, he'll probably stick around there for a little while and, and give you value. Um, I don't I think he'll over 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 deliver on then uh, based on what we think. Uh, and then, you know, I want to, I just want to touch on Juan a little bit more because he seems to be, uh, one that we talk about here at the end. Um, all those linebackers are outside of DeMario Davis are just awful. I mean, they're just not guys that I would even trust this year. Uh, so I think, I think Vaughn is going to have the opportunity, you know, uh, long-term to give them value. I, and I do hold a lot of, 
of respect for guys like Demario Davis who've been doing it for a long time that are smart enough to stick around in a few different places. I think that knowledge, as long as he can transfer it, will help Bond um, really excel. Uh, there's, you know, when you look at other guys, and I'm not comparing him to Draw Davis, but Draw Davis in our rankings is, is right by him. Uh, is not far away from him, so I'm just kind of looking at the two. Draw Davis had no mentor, and he is a hot mess. I mean, like, he just, he's got a ton of talent, but nobody ever helped him on the mental side really put it all together. Uh, where Zach Bond has some leaders ahead of him that can say, all right, this is how you do it. This is how you play the middle, and you, you know, you bounce from, you watch the quarterback's eyes, and you do all these things with your hips, and how you turn, and how you do the proper angles. I mean, he could do that. You know, Demario Davis may be older and not have the, athletic ability that Zach Bond has, but he's got the mental game, which you just, it takes time to learn. And that, that experience will be huge. So I'm a big Zach Bond fan. I like Chuck Clark. I think he's going to, he's going to be a, a nice value play as well. Um, especially because I don't ever trust Tony Jefferson. Like I, if I can't trust you on a, on a more than one year basis, I'm not going to guess. I'll just let somebody else take the risk on you and I'll go with the safer option. That being said, Paul, anyone else you want to uh, name drop? Um, I'm going to give you three names at the end. And you guys have been hitting up the the expensive names. And I've been hitting up the cheap names. And I'm going to give you three more that are just cheap and or free. I'm going to go Micah Kaiser first. Um, they didn't invest anything into that position. Um, they're going to be in some pretty serious cap situations here soon. And him on his rookie deal is going to look rather attractive uh, for that franchise. Um, same thing about Drake Greenlaw. Um, they're going to have cap issues. They've already moved on from one of these. Um, I don't see them holding on to... Quan almost regardless of how the season plays out. Um, and he looked sneaky effective uh, last year. Also, I will throw a name out here for corner specific leagues. And I'm not even going to try the whole name, but it's Ugo Hamadi for Seattle. Um, number 28. Um, just guys wearing 28 off on the West coast they tend to be sneaky effective at what they do um i don't think that all the throws are at trey flowers but he could be someone that you get uh for free that could be this year's mike hilton again uh, you guys are are hitting up the expensive names i'm figuring out how to do idp in taking every one of, of your last uh, selections and I'm just uh, throwing dollar menu out. Yeah, exactly. Hi, can I get the chicken without the chicken, sir? That's all I can afford. You know, I'm, th I'm throwing <clears throat> deep names at you. $5 footlongs are back at subway and cheap options are back with Paul. Um, I think Kaiser's a really interesting name, uh, not only because the fact that they, you know, they traded for like Leonard Floyd and I don't trust him and, you know, and what they've got there just isn't all that exciting, but because Kaiser's a pretty talented player. I know he fell in the draft 
a little further than some of the uh, the folks expected him to. But you know, he he can fit a need in that defense. And that defensive line, you know, is is sneaky good. You know, they even added some rookies. Uh, was it Terrell Lewis? They added as an end. Uh, obviously, they've got you know the man, the myth, the Donald. Uh, you know, so there's 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 guys in front of them that can really help give him the ability to kind of be flexible and, and soak up some tackles there in the middle. So uh, I think, I think Kaiser's a really sneaky name. Uh, Craig, what do you think about those guys? Yeah, I think we touched on Kaiser the last part of our draft episode, because I think he was taken at the very end of the draft. Like I said, you know, it's sort of like if you took Blake Martinez out of the giants, there would have to be someone there that's going to have to get those tackles. And usually it's not just nice, even spread across three or four guys. You're going to have, even if it's not that great of a batch, you're going to have the cream rise to the top of whatever group you're looking at. And I think if you're having a dart throw at the end of a draft or someone you want to take a flyer on to have a chance at really good production, Kaiser's the one out of that group that I like. Greenlaw was the second name. Greenlaw. I like yeah. I mean Greenlaw's good. I don't mind him, but I don't know that he's cheap anymore because people know the name. I'm seeing a lot of him, and I mean this is just out, you know, sort of in the Twitterverse, so take that for what it's worth. But he is a big name that people are high on. And I tend to look at it the other way. I mean, if you're comparing the two, I think Quan's the better linebacker, and is he gonna be healthy and completely come back? It remains to be seen, but I like him, and I honestly think he's going to win the, you know, quote-unquote better position starting job over Greenlaw this year. Are you looking at long-term? I don't think Quan's gone unless they trade him next year. Um, his contract, they restructured it so that this year and next year, I believe, they increased the amount of money to kick off some years at the end. So I don't think they're planning on just getting rid of him because they – if they do plan on that, they've hurt themselves long-term. So, I mean, I'm not as high on that one, but, yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with Greenlaw. He'll be there longer than Quan, most likely. But if you're looking at this year next year, I think Quan's over Greenlaw, personally. And and I want to throw a corner name out just because he was a rookie this year, and I think the way that Miami built that defense, this kid's going to get targeted a ton. But Noah Igbenogany, I think, would be a would be a corner if you want to throw another crazy name out there uh, to go with Chukwuku. Uh, those guys are going to get targeted a ton just because of who's around them. You know, think about Seattle. They've got Diggs and they've got McDougal and they've got Griffin. Well, somebody's going to get targeted, and those guys are much more. Uh, much more dependable players, so they're going to target the young kid who was a 19, you know, a 2019 fourth rounder. Same with Miami, you know, they've got a ton of talent in the secondary now, and somebody's going to get picked on. Yeah, I mean, I I, if if you're looking at a quarterback, I like him. Although, by the same token, he got picked on last year. Eric Rowe's going to get picked on again this this year in that uh, defensive backfield for Miami. They fixed up their corners. But their safeties are still, I mean, if you want to go another deep cut, I know we're not trying to go along here, but Brandon Jones as a rookie, if he gets a starting job there, I mean, he's got a real chance to be someone you can just pick off of waivers and plug in, just like you said about Noah, at cornerback. Yeah, I, I was already figuring Jones was going to be a starter because Roe is not good. What about you, Paul? I believe, what do you think? 
I believe I was the only one who, uh, out of, I, there were like five or six of us who submitted a mock. Um, I believe I was the only one who had Igbahanami in the first first round. And I remember Craig looked around like, anyone get that? I'm just, that was me. Um, yeah, I like him. He's a premium athlete. Um, I, I don't remember what sport he could have. He was like an Olympic alternate in some sport and I don't remember which sport, but the fact that they think that highly of him shows the athlete he is. If he can figure it out mentally, they can be real scary because they also have uh, the guy who had the legal issues on the other side, uh, Howard. Hmm. Um, Howard. When he has his uh, head into it, he's elite. They have Jones. Now they're adding Igbahini or Igbahai. Don't. Igbahagini. Yeah, Igbahanami. They can be really scary, and I wouldn't want to throw at the other ones. I would be more hoping. um, I would be more hoping that Jones and or Howard take the money and go. I'm done. Versus baby Ig Ig Igbahanami, who's uh, working for um, the second contract. Absolutely. All right, so there you go. That's it. These are guys that, based on RotoHeat.com rankings, we think could excel. Uh, maybe they're guys that you can get off your waiver wires. Maybe you can trade for them for cheap. Sky's the limit, but trust us when we say we'll make you better if you just listen. So thank you guys for hanging out, and if you're with us on YouTube, we appreciate you as always. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Hit that notification icon. If you're listening to the pod at, at a later date, go over to YouTube. Search RotoHeat. We got a ton of content over there. We have player outlooks. We have live streams monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday we got it every night for you we do it for you so do it for us hit the subscribe uh for the roto heat team paul thank you craig thank you as always it's great hanging out on monday nights and talking defense with you we'll see you guys again soon thanks for listening to the idv heat seekers podcast with brad menendez craig reith and paul bill you can find us over on Twitter at RotoHeatFantasy or at RotoHeat.com.